0: Hey, Geekscape! As welcome to a brand new Geekscape. I'm recording this one outside of the T Radio V Studios, which are closed for Thanksgiving. But if this is your first Geekscape, you don't know the difference, and you're about to hear a bunch of movies, video games, comic books, and TV talk. Uh, this is your number one geek podcast. I'm Jonathan London. I've been doing the show for eight years, which is crazy. We are literally coming up on the eight-year anniversary. In uh, I guess Christmas is when we released the first Geekscape back in 2006. Wow, isn't that a nine? Is that a nine-year anniversary or yeah? You, you're at nine years at now. That's at nine years, isn't it? Two thousand six counts seven, eight, yeah, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. That's nine. So this is going to be a nine. Holy crap! Awesome. <laughs> awesome to some, scary to others. Um, I'm here with Matthew Hiscox, who's one of my co-hosts. It's his show, so I, I'm actually one of his co-hosts for the comic book show, uh, which is on um, Twin Galaxies Live. If you guys have never heard the comic book show, we uh, record it every, se- uh, thir- every Wednesday. It's every Wednesday, 9 to 11 Pacific Standard Time on TwinGalaxiesLive.com. If you guys have Skype or if you guys have, uh, uh, what is it, what's the live streaming one? Um, it's just it's just Twitch, Twitch. Yeah. yeah, Twitch. If you guys have Twitch, then you guys can interact with it. It's only Skype and Twitch, right? Like those are the big interactive ways mm-hmm. to be in the chat room. Yep. Well, if
1: you if you Skype in, we can see you and we can hear what you're saying. If you uh, that's if you go you to Twitch, to go. we can read all of your comments. It's uh, one of the most interactive comic book shows on the web, and we we really pride ourselves in being able to hear from everybody. So. Yes, yeah, if you guys cool. ever want to actually talk to Jonathan, that's a good way to do it.
0: <laughs> well, you know what? T-Radio V does have a, a phone number. And I guess next week when I go back to the studio with Ben and uh, Kenny, I can give you guys the phone number to T-Radio V. But they run commercials, and the commercials shorten the show so much that we can barely get to the content, much less get to people's phone calls. Um, and their, their phone call system isn't the same as it was with Hop. With Hop, it was through Skype, and I could see the f- callers coming in. And I could scratch the callers that I didn't want to pick up. Like, if I knew somebody w- you know, if I knew somebody's phone number and they were just gonna fuck around, or uh, if somebody was messing around on the phone it, within the first five seconds of the call, I could just scrap them. Uh, and I could pick it up myself with T Radio V. They call the studio where the engineers are. They have to get my attention through the glass, <laughs> I, they, which usually consists of them pointing to the phone, like literally they're holding the hand, uh, holding the phone in their hands, like pointing to it. And then I'm like, oh, I guess we have a phone call. So um, we just haven't figured out the shorthand. As soon as we figure out the shorthand and how much time we can do in a short show, then we can uh, maybe open it up to some phone calls and online interaction. We kind of have some interaction with, like, the, mi- the mission objectives each week um, where I ask you guys the subject and then we read them on the show the next week. But if you really want to interact with us, there's a couple things you can do. Twitter, Facebook... Obviously, leave comments on our SoundCloud, and watch the comic book show on Wednesdays from 9 to 11 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on TwinGalaxiesLive.com. So. That's how you interact with us. And you guys should do all of that. Like you should one literally the, do no, all honestly, that. One of that. Honestly, one of the greatest things about a comic
1: book community in general is the fact that it's a community. It's it's cool that you can run into random people and start up a conversation about, like, oh, holy shit, you remember Infinity Wars? All right. The old Infinity Wars, not the new stuff yeah. that they're cranking out for the cinematic universe? This is great. Let's chat.
0: Yeah, I um was at a comic book store today because I'm filling out. Uh, you know, I, I've been so busy that, I literally got like $300 down on my comic book, book pull list at my comic book store. And I only know it was $300 because that's what I literally gave them to get all my <laughs> books that were in my pull box. So Cat, so, so who you guys know if you're a longtime time Geekscapist because we recorded Geekscape at his shop before, Cat um, had literally been holding my books uh, for months. And, 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 and it wasn't like $300 all in one shot either. Like I had been giving him... Like, I'd come in and be like, uh, like every other week, and be like, okay, here's 75 more bucks. Here's 75 more bucks. So it was more than 300 bucks. It was like half a thousand, probably. And I would come in, and I'd just be giving them money. And then finally, I got paid like on Saturday for a gig, and I was like, boom, I'm going. And he was sensitive to how big the pull list had gotten, um, because... Obviously, when a retailer is pulling books, that is money that they're hoping to get from a customer, and for the, them to actually get that money, the customer has to come in. So it's it's really like you're borrowing money from the guy, you know. And I and I did feel bad that like my pull list was getting, but between New York Comic Con, Kamikaze, going to Austin, uh, shooting, teaching, all the different stuff, I just wasn't picking up my books. So finally um i was like you know what it's gotten so out of hand that i actually need like a good pay day to go and just pick it up all at once and i got that on saturday and i immediately went and picked up my books and took a picture he wasn't there so he was actually at um what's the comic convention you want to go to down in city of industry
1: oh Frankenstein. yeah he was
0: at Frankenstein's actually looking for some of mine who had slipped <laughs> through the pull list so he was looking for back issues for okay. me and other customers and um and i took a picture of the empty pull list Box and I was like, Here you go. Happy Thanksgiving. Nice. So, DJs Universal and Ventura on Ventura in Studio City, thank you for holding my books for that long. Uh, and it's not easy either. Supposedly, some of his customers had become so daunted with the idea of picking up their books. And we get emails like, Hey, if you haven't picked up your books, please pick up your books. Uh, if I haven't heard from you in two, three weeks, I'm going to put the books back into the general population of back issues. And supposedly, to like, somebody really effed him over. And was, and he's like, listen, I have almost a full short box of your books. Come oh. pick them up. And he goes, well, that sounds like your problem, not mine. Oh. Could you imagine that? What a dick. Like, that's when you actually hunt the guy down and beat his ass. Yeah. With comic books. <laughs> they won't leave bruises. <laughs> so, So this Saturday, I kind of had, like, a me day. Laura was working. I went and I bought all my comics, which are now... In order, I went out this morning. The reason I went out to the comic book store this morning was to, you know, as I as I picked up my tons of books, I put them in order. Yeah. Not only in reading order, but you know, if three months have gone by, there's like three issues for that title, for especially every title, like yeah. Batman Eternal is Enough, a weekly. Yeah. So like Batman Eternal. You got twelve of them sitting there. There's a lot of Spider Verse stuff. What's going on yeah. in the Avengers books? Those all those are all happening across multiple titles concurrently. Yeah, how do you
1: how do you sort what's your what's your system?
0: So, I have to so like Batman Eternal is easy cuz yeah. Batman Eternal is just numbered and it's one title. Thank God for being weekly. So, like Sunday morning I woke up and I read through like eight straight Batman Eternals and that was awesome cuz I feel that there are so many creatives on Batman Eternal that if you re- do read it weekly, you're going to lose track of what's happening I,
1: I do read it weekly and i feel the same way where it's okay now batgirl's down in
0: south america and right batwing's now with under, Batwings under hood batwing's under arkham and there's like mud people coming after and him. alfred
1: is in arkham but then alfred was on uh, in arkham he but got then injected his daughter was the new penny too yeah
0: she's the, she's in charge of the Batcave, and and what's hush doing in all of this oh yeah. he's
1: fighting the spoiler for no reason
0: <laughs> in the spoilers, trying not to get killed by your right. dad. There is a lot going on in Batman Eternal, and um, and again, if if I think my way of reading it was the way to read it, because oh, yeah. I'm reading through like eight or ten of them right in a sitting, well, and I can actually tell what is going on, everything but the little demons under Arkham that are fighting John Corrigan. That's over and now. Though, they finished that. Uh, yeah, he week, he I finally think. got like yeah. Batwing. Finally got like his. I don't I, I kinda don't care about Batwing. Yeah. I well, care about John Corgan. I kinda don't care about Batman. Yeah,
1: I I thought they were gonna cancel the Batwing series and when Bat Batman Incorporated went under I thought that was gonna be the end of Batwing and like I get that they're trying to keep their diverse cast of characters, but at the same time it's Batwing maybe one too many.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um and I hate this like
1: seventy style Spider-Man belt buckle. That's his giant
0: chest thing, and <laughs> beam of light. Really, <laughs> but now w- they're going to do a Batman Eternal two, aren't they? They're going to do it again. I don't know. I thought they, I thought this one was going to run
1: through fifty two. I thought they were going to take it. But for are a they doing year. a
0: second year of it? I don't know. Because I like it, but I only like it if you are reading it in bulk. And obviously, if you're listening to this far, nine minutes into the show, you know we're going to be talking comics, which is something that we've been failing a bit. At Geekscape, because comics, obviously, I haven't read a few in a three months. I've been picking up small chunks, but now I can read all of them. Uh, now I can be like a hive mind of comics again. But um, Carson Bratton, who's one of our Geekscapists, hit me up on Facebook about maybe writing for Geekscape, because he's like, I noticed Geekscape isn't doing as much comic book coverage, <laughs> <laughs> which is which is really insane to me, because comic books could not be at a more popular high yeah. right now. Uh, so we're going to have a pretty pretty uh intense comic book discussion here and if you if it's not enough wednesdays live.com the comic book show um yeah I, I think the batman books and the avengers books are ha- having similar dangers where they're running towards events that have demanded for the for those two titles to kind of have a a huge supporting cast yeah like with time runs out in the marvel books the avengers have gone into literally avengers world where captain america and tony have recruited a ton of non-x-men superpowers to be and some x-men to like sunspot and cannonball some former x-men to be members of the avengers and the avengers are now covering like a whole galactic scale but it just cannot sustain itself. No. With None Batman, can't. it can't consa- sustain itself.
1: It used to be able to, which is why it's so sad. We, uh, one of the things that Jennifer and I, uh, Jennifer Zhang, who's a producer here at Twin Galaxies Live, um, one of the things that she and I talk about is uh, the, the crossovers, the big events, used to be sustainable. And the, the one that I always go back to is the Zero Hour for DC. Mm-hmm. It ran one month. There were five issues. And to get the story, you only had to read those five. Now it hit every book. Every title was a crossover, but it was an ancillary title where you could read the Catwoman Zero Hour title. And if I remember that one correctly, she kind of dated Tarzan, and then time got reset, and then Tarzan went away. (laughs) Not kidding. Not not all comics are good, Um, but they used to be a smaller investment. Right. And now, with the Time Runs Out crossover, with the Convergence crossovers, they're like, we're shutting everything down for two months, and every book is involved, and there's 47 titles that you have to read, all of them, because in that one Catwoman title where it would have just been Tarzan, now all of a sudden there's some little tidbit that you have to know. Right. And uh, with this whole Time Runs Out, where all of the the worlds are merging and they're all going to be fighting... It's it's so daunting to know that it's gonna be every single character from every you single. You start era. scaling
0: back your pull list. Have you noticed that you just start Absolutely. scaling back? Yeah.
1: Yeah. For I mean, for the the like the time last runs two... out
0: on buying your books.
1: Yeah. It right?
0: converges to three books I will now buy well, from on,
1: you on Future's End. I was like, no, I, I suckered pull for this list during and, the villains yeah. month, Forever Evil month. I, yeah, I remember villains and Forever for, Evil. Yeah, those were uh, tough. Yeah, and I was like, I'm not doing it for Future's End. I don't care because all these are gonna be five years from now. I guarantee you, in five years from now, none of those stories will be accurate. Right. So these are literally just asking for my money to buy lenticulars. I'm not going to do it.
0: I think that the Spider-Man books, are uh, they're doing Spider-Verse right now. Right. And you literally just need to read the, sp- the Amazing Spider-Man stories, the okay. ones happening in Amazing Spider-Man. There are some spin-off titles like Spider-Verse, Spider-Verse Team-Up, yeah. Spider-Woman, uh, Scarlet Owlful Spiders, this right? and that. Uh, If you're already reading those books, I can see how it's tying in. But really, if you're reading Scarlet Spider, chances are you're reading Amazing Spider-Man. So if you're reading some of these ancillary Batman books or Avengers books, which I don't even know what the flagship Avengers book is right now. I really don't because they all seem like roughly Avengers cross
1: Avengers. Avengers world.
0: Um, I guess you could say that if you're only reading... um, X-Men or X-Men Avengers Axis then, then that's a weekly um, then that's really all you have to be reading in the Marvel books is Avengers and X-Men Axis where uh, the good guys have become the bad guys the bad guys have become the good guys and Tony Stark has created an app to make everybody beautiful so they get addicted to it and then like the next day he starts charging nine n- like $99 a day for it uh, and creates like riots in the <laughs> streets in the last axis like daredevil comes to him and is like I'm shutting you down uh and it 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 didn't ring true because a tony's in san francisco now and so dare so is daredevil and daredevil attacks him but daredevil falsely goes after one it goes after what he thinks is tony which is his suit and throws like his bully club into the suit's chest to to destroy it um and uh i'm trying to figure out where this thumping in my mic is coming from but um but uh, as he's destroying the iron man suit human Tony Stark, non-suited up Tony Stark, runs at him from behind, grabs him around the neck and holds him off of, the, off of a rooftop. And you can't run Daredevil from behind. You can't run at Daredevil from behind. He has 360 degree senses. Sonar, yeah. He's got sonar. So So Tony's footsteps running at Daredevil would have put him in a chokehold. It would have been Daredevil... Reaching out from behind, let me, in, or let me like, just point out the more obvious though. This is Iron Man, and a billy club took him out. <laughs> His suit, yeah, he, he he hit the he hit like that little, you know, the, 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 the little reactor the thing. reactor thing <laughs> in the center. The billy club, and he's like, yeah, I'm taking you down. And I guess I guess Tony Stark was like, I can give a damn. That wasn't me. That was a <laughs> suit, and I have a million of them. Uh, I think that's the only reason the billy club took out the Iron Man suit, because he's like, whatever, I got 50 more where that yeah. came from, and I'm kind of a villain right now. Um, the thing is, with all these stories, is that they are good. Like, Batman Eternal, even if it is an investment, is good. Otherwise, I wouldn't have laid down the cash on Saturday that I laid down, because uh, Axis is good. The, the, some of the DC books are really good right now. Yeah. Some of them. Some of them. So, like, you are putting down money, and you're getting some quality out. Comics are at a, kind of a high right now. The, I have
1: to say, there's, al- there's always rises and falls. Sure. With, with every comic. Um, Batman Eternal I didn't do it the way you did it. Right. I read it week by week and the first 5 6 weeks they're really bad. The first it issue took a while one, to find its It yes. was great. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, this is this. but you have to remember for these huge overarching stories, you got to build the foundation to to be able to play with. Mm-hmm. Now it's gotten to the point where like, yeah, shit, I'm going to spend money every week on Batman Eternal like they're good. I got to keep
0: reading them. So. Do, you, um, do you mainly only read DC? Do you ever read any in indies? Cause there's I do indies read out indies. There. What do you read um, in the indies? The, the recommend last to the one, audience.
1: The, the last one that I absolutely loved, and I, I'll recommend it because it just came out on trade paperback, is Scott Snyder's The Wake.
0: Um, you liked The Wake. I loved The Wake. But did you read The Wake week uh, in monthlies? I read I it in read, monthlies and I couldn't follow it.
1: I read the first Wake that I got was the collected one through five. And yeah. I actually got it as a, a gift from oh,
0: collected
1: the the first set. Oh,
0: right, right. But it came
1: out before the sixth issue had been published. So I read one through five as a set.
0: And, and one through five on has it, its I own like, little storyline. And then t- I need seven. Because The Wake has a storyline that goes through 1 through 5, and then it jumps forward through 6 through 10, right? But if you didn't make it to 10, you wouldn't know that it's all connected. Yeah, and it is all connected. And if you're going to read The Wake, I recommend that you read The Wake and also another DC Vertigo book, uh, Trillium. Yeah. I recommend that you read both of those in trade, because I read... Trillium also just came
1: out with another trade.
0: Because I read uh, both... I read Trillium in trade, and I loved it, but I could see how you get lost month to month. And I read Wake month to month, and I wasn't satisfied, because... I couldn't connect the storylines. It didn't have a recap page for yeah. dumb people like me.
1: It, uh, the Wake was a very intellectual
0: book. Oh, is uh, that what you're saying? Oh, you, oh, listen to him making fun of me like that. Well, no, Starro is love, Starro <laughs> is life. But Starro, mass <laughs> intelligence, I don't know. <laughs> uh, no, I, I, I feel like uh, the month makes it disjointed. Yeah, it did. You know, yeah.
1: And, and admittedly, the, the final issue came out late. They came yeah. out early on one issue, but they came out on time, which was then late because yeah. they, it, was, it was a weird schedule for the Wake. Um, and so I read it and I was like, that was really good. And then, just on a whim, I went back and reread it and I was like, whoa,
0: I was way wrong. You reread
1: it. I yeah, think rereading I a, it would help me. I'm
0: going re- to fix your mic yeah. again. But um, I think rereading it would help me out a little bit. Okay, now, now you're really centered on the microphone. Sorry about the, micro, awesome. m- the mic fumbles, guys. Uh, we'll be back in the T-Radio V studios next week. Don't you worry. Um, so you'd recommend The Wake. Um, okay, so what, what's up with the multiverse in D.C.? Because ha- I need somebody to explain to me everything that is happening with these multiverse books.
1: Okay, well, I'm going to go kind of counterculture on this one. There is a phenomenal series of audio books out there. Um, It's published by Graphic Audio. You can go to graphicaudio.net. We've had Richard Rohan, who is the producer and voice of Batman, on our show before. Okay. Uh, We also had Nanette Savard, who plays Lois Lane. Uh, They make some phenomenal, amazing audiobooks. I've never
0: even heard of these. They're incredible. What? Yeah. So they're audiobooks that you could get for like your iPhone or your whatever, however you listen to like podcasts. You can you
1: can buy them on CD or you can download either the uh, from like Amazon or something F four V. Right. Or you can buy them on MP3. So, yeah. like,
0: you buy these MP3s from like Amazon. Do they have them on like Comixology where we maybe we buy a digital comic? I don't think comics?
1: so. But literally, it's it's GraphicAudio.net,
0: and, and these are DC licensed.
1: And Marvel, actually. and Mar- Marvel has them too. They they just did Civil War and a Spider Man title.
0: So these are comic books like being read out loud, like your parents would read to no, you, or what are they? The,
1: this is going to be a weird sell, but the the introduction to them is graphic audio, a movie in your mind, which is that sounds really? <laughs> weird, but it actually has all the sound design built right. in with right. music so and flip, it's flip, all voice flip. acted. Yeah, yeah. So the, the first one that I heard is was... is it literally the comics?
0: read out loud? Some of them are adapted. Okay, so, so they have a little bit more
1: prose in them maybe. Yeah, and it's usually larger stories. Okay, like, the like first one that, The first one that I read was or listened to was No Man's Land, okay. a story that I'm very familiar with. Yeah. It was 12 discs. It came across two volumes. There was No Man's Land Volume 1 and No Man's Land Volume 2. What? How many hours is that? 12 hours. Each Holy one is crap. between 50 and 60 minutes. Um, so it was an investment, but it did a better job of telling No Man's Land than the trades did. Wow. It was it was great. Um, and they, they did it in association with Greg Rucka. So yeah. you got the you got a lot of and then it,
0: it just expanded. So if they need anything extra written to like smooth yeah, things to just out, patch it out. Greg Rucka's like, Yeah, one of the best comic yeah. writers ever and I wrote it, so here's this. Um, but
1: they they did a series that was uh fifty two. Uh-huh. They did Countdown, they did
0: Final Crisis, they did Infinite Crisis. Right. Identity crisis? <laughs> they didn't do that one. That would have <laughs> been too sad. Light, like, yeah. fucking rapes and lights somebody. Or no, what's her name? Yeah, Sue and, Dibney. Sue Dibney lights somebody on fire. Yeah. No, Sue
1: Dibney was the one who got lit on fire. She got lit Palmer. on fire. What's her name? Uh, Palmer's ex-wife. Yeah,
0: she's the one who lit Sue Dibney on fire yeah. after she got raped. So it dark. A, it was really dark. Good um, one. But so Multiversity, you'd, you'd recommend... Well, they Multiversity
1: have is not on graphic audio. But you get such a good introduction to Nick's Wotan and the Multiverse through that. Which, when you read the books, it's spelled U-O-T-O-A-N. Right. And that's pronounced Wotan. Which I never would have known. Yeah, I have no for, idea what's going on with these Multiversity books. And th- it really helps you cement... The, the one that I'm talking about was Final Crisis, yeah, and it really helps you cement the idea of okay, this is the bleed, this is how the different Earths work, this is how you can get from one to another, like this, this is, is how Fifty Two is gonna go- get undone, exactly. <laughs> right. This
0: is so this is how convergence is gonna fix everything, exactly, hopefully, or make it like irreparably worse. Yeah,
1: um, but through that I got a much better grasp of it because you read Multiversity 1 and they show you this map at the back and you're wondering what the hell's going on. And I only wanted on. to read
0: that because Captain Carrot was in it. Yeah, Which like, was I saw was Captain great. Carrot and uh, I was that like... That was the episode where
1: I was on drugs, wasn't it?
0: Okay, so we do uh, episodes every week here uh, and I'm not on every episode, but Matt mainly is. And Matt,
1: you had... I was super sick. I was You like were sick and you had degrees. taken a,
0: a ton of... Hydrocodone. <laughs> and you were basically... On the show, on hydrocodone, just acting crazy. I heard that was a very popular episode. I, had, I was I not had, here
1: for it. I had low sugar.
0: Rush Limbaugh does his show on drugs. Why I, can't you? <laughs> you know? Doesn't he do a bunch of, like, hydrocodone yeah. and stuff? Like, you were basically, like, like I, the comic book show's Rush Limbaugh. I just feel bad because it was Wes presenting.
1: And oh. I just started interrupting because I was like, he yeah, not because he doesn't, he doesn't right. do that to you.
0: <laughs> he literally, like, Wes literally takes your news cues. <laughs> Lucas and I shared a moment Lucas is another co-host Who's uh, on the show regularly And uh, and Wes So um, We do news at the beginning And Wes will just eat your news If you don't say the If you don't Jump onto your news piece Immediately Wes will just take it Which is crazy (laughs) Let's just have him Do the whole news And then the two hours Will be over (laughs) And then it'll just be Wes doing the news Because he does Like the dramatic uh, Like Um like Captain Kirk, like yeah, Captain yeah. Kirk delivery. In recent news, Marvel has announced the follow up to, all right. Let's put a fork in it. My, my favorite Maybe part. Maybe he's illiterate. Maybe it's my, like hooked on phonics. My
1: favorite part about that is the the show is hectic beforehand, you know this. Yeah, yeah. And uh, not everybody reads all the news props beforehand. Lucas and I have to read them every week because we write them. Right. Uh, Wes does not, and my favorite part is when Wes is reading the news for the first time, and he gets shocked about it before he finishes. (laughs) (laughs) He's (laughs) like, wait, they're doing that? Hey, guys, this week, oh, holy crap. Guys, (laughs) this week, The Flash premiered on CW, and it got 8.4 million views. Wow. (laughs) That's awesome.
0: (laughs) Yeah, um, well, I mean, you know it doesn't always work for everybody no and, it's a good show we like it it's fun we we do like it but there is a um a versus period in the show where we uh or marvel we break down the marvel and dc news or books right we news, talk about books, the books comics, we try and convince people video games and i always have a bone to pick with that segment because obviously the entirety of comic books do not boil down to what does dc and what does marvel offer obviously we talk about marvel and dc here but um, if you're not reading stuff like, uh, I just, I, just, uh, my buddy at, um, at Skybound gave me Westward Expansion. Yeah. Westward Expansion is an incredible yeah. book. Have you read Trees? I wanted to read Trees, Trees right? Trees is really good. It, it, and that's, um, who, who writes that one? Honestly, I don't know. But it, it's, it, it's, it's, I think it's a Vertigo title because we I, get them with our, and it's just like Trees got recommended to me. I read Birthright, which is another Skybound book. Mm-hmm. Birthright is awesome. A little kid cool. is like th- like throwing the ball with his father, and the the father throws the ball a little far into the woods. The kid goes to get it, and they never see the kid again, for f- several years later. And the father's you know so it, it fast forward a few years, uh, I think one or two years, and the the wife has left the father. the the son who's the, the other son who's not given up hope that his brother's still out there is uh is still it's kind of getting bullied and turning you know getting bad grades at school because uh he holds out hope that his brother's there and people bully him that his dad killed the brother because you think that the father did it because he was the last one to see the kid alive and then all of a sudden a grown man with like tribal markings basically like a conan the barbarian type guy shows up in town and is picked up by the police claiming to be the son and he's been missing in his timeline for like 30 years, in our timeline for like one or two. And he claims that the entire time he was in a fantasy universe trying to save a kingdom. And now he's back on Earth trying to stop that kingdom's invasion of Earth. Huh. And it's awesome. It's re- I mean, one issue has come out and it's really good that westward expansion i would recommend um there's just a lot of non-superhero titles out there that are worth exploring when you go into your comic book store yeah you know like hit me hit me with the trees hit me with westward expansion hit me with all this stuff um you can re- easily get away from the, the guys in tights and... Yeah, and it,
1: it is really sad, too, because on the comic book show, you know, we w- just like with uh, Geekscape, yeah. you want to give people what they want to hear about, but you also want to expand them a little bit. I
0: don't um, even know what they want to hear about anymore with Geekscape. I know. It's been nine years. <laughs> nine effing years. They, they
1: just want to hear your dulcet tones.
0: I was like, it's eight years. It's not pathetic yet. Now that it's nine, I'm like, oh, what am I doing with my life? <laughs> what am I doing with my life? With our lives, the Geekscape is our lives um one one you know i, I don't want to be uh, backtracking to dc but one of the m- multiverse titles that came out this past week everybody was really hyped for because it, it was grant morrison and frank quietly and obviously i don't know how you feel about all-star superman good i yeah, loved all star I, I love all-star superman but obviously it's the team from all-star superman and they're back on a book and it's one of these multiverse books and it's called pax uh, americana or pax america i think it's pax americana and, and it's basically their, t- their their take on watchmen Peace, okay. American so Peace. this is the
1: third one of the spinoffs. There was the Teen Bop one. Right. There was the Egyptian Jungle one.
0: And then this one is like the Watchmen thing. And okay. it's basically the Watchmen characters, the Question and Blue Beetle and uh, Captain Adam. And they're basically, uh, he's basically doing his spin on Watchmen. And I guess alan moore doesn't like grant morrison and grant morrison's like just going with it and he and he and he and frank quite. i think the the highlight of this book really is frank quietly's artwork because to me it's what saves a very dense book yeah and this is a book you're gonna have to reread to appreciate And the first time i read it i immediately texted ian kerner and was like what the fuck was this grant morrison's crazy He's like doing like he black magic spells and like I, I know there's something going on here but it's fucking convoluted and it does, like it's like hobo ramblings <laughs> and, and then as you read it a little more you kind of see what he's doing and it's still hobo ramblings but you kind of have an appreciation for the design of the hobo ramblings but obviously this guy Final Crisis fucking future bullet hobo ramblings.
1: I, uh, I really, really hate Grant Morrison. Whoa, as a person? Oh, I don't. I've I've only met him once, was but the he one nice? time I was tempted to tell him to cram it with walnuts because I cannot get past his hobo ramblings, and I've read most of his
0: books. And they're hobo ramblings, right? Like a lot of it is hobo ramblings. The, the machine
1: that Superman's allowed to look at the blueprints for a second, but he can't take the blueprints or the machine. But if he's able to build it, it grants one wish, and then it breaks. And so he undoes. Like what the hell?
0: It's hobo ramblings.
1: <laughs> um, I, I've never I've never studied writing. Uh, right. In any form. Okay, uh, well, in never, high school. Well, yeah. Right. Uh, and I've never studied storytelling. Right. Um, but in my mind, Grant Morrison is, the reason why he's such a popular writer is because he's what I call like a popcorn kernel writer. He, he plants seeds for things. Right. Where in the middle of a book, he'll mention some looming threat by the name of, I don't know, let's say Magog for specific <laughs> instance. Right. And then he'll go away. And he'll finish out his story, whatever it is, whether it's a god bullet or a time machine right. or a machine invention that fixes everything or whatever, and it, he'll he'll just leave the series. And then somebody will be like, oh, he's such a great writer. Let's go back and fill in this Magog person, and then in three more years, we can have him come back to write another, and that'll give us impetus to write all of the rest of the right. series. And I, I get that, like, it's, it's a valuable commodity to have somebody leave behind something that can be built upon and expand the world. But it's infuriating as a reader because you're like, none of that made sense. I like his
0: X-Men. His, his run on X-Men I thought was okay. Yeah. But it ran a little long. Yeah. Um, with Pax Americana, I can totally see him doing exactly what you're saying. He does wrap it up because it is a single issue. But you wonder if the journey was worth the ending you know because the ending he's like oh yeah i called back to this one thing that i started on page one and it's like okay what about those pages in between yeah what are those pages in between which felt like dogs chasing their tails you know um is is the brilliance of grant morrison the ideas and not the implementation because when you think of like like his concepts when you think of his concepts you're like wow that's really creative absolutely when you think of the hobo ramblings that make up those concepts in the execution is it is it even worth the frustration? No, I don't think so. It's like being in a conversation with somebody who just fucking talks too much about shit. Yeah, but, but every now and again and they and drop weird. a hint
1: about the Illuminati, and you're like, wait, what? Right. Go back to that.
0: I just remember uh, 2007 Comic-Con, he went on stage and talked about the hyper-entity, which was um, uh, an entity made up of you and all of your past and future occurrences. So it would basically be like a tapeworm where you in the present... Uh, you in the present kind of doesn't exist but you're you're an entire entity throughout time it's almost like looking at time almost like uh the in interstellar not to i'm not ruining interstellar but when you think of time as the fourth dimension you know forward backwards up down three dimensional space and you add f- going up and forward and backward in time as the fourth dimension if we imagine ourselves as four-dimensional beings we would just be these giant tapeworms starting out in like you know I guess a, an egg state or a sperm state and then we grow into these creatures and then at the end of it we decay into dust right so like that's our uniform and in and our and, and we envelop everywhere we've been right so we'd just be these long trailing creatures around the earth and vice versa and he tried to sell me on this like, I mean, first off, he said it in a panel. He talked about the hyper-entity in the panel. And everybody who came out of the Grant Morrison panel in 2007 at Comic-Con was like, holy shit, you're interviewing Grant Morrison? You have to ask him about the hyper-entity. You have to ask him about the hyper-entity. And I asked him about the hyper-entity in the videos on YouTube. And after the fucking, and I was sick as a dog. It was the last day of Comic-Con, in the last interview of Comic-Con. And as soon as the interview was over, the camera stopped. And I go, isn't that just the Tramiel from Slaughterhouse-Five? Like, did you literally just spellbind an entire panel at Comic-Con with Kurt Vonnegut's ideas that you just claimed as your own? Because anybody who's been to grade school and had to read slaughterhouse Five knows about that planet and those beings that exist in fourth-dimensional space, and you mother... Oh, okay, so you have power over people who've read four-color funnies, but the second you get people who have actually read beyond a fourth-grade comprehension level, not impressive the, the, the magic trick not starts impressive. to like not sell anybody yeah um yeah i'm did you i mean maybe you guys listen if the solicitation for pax americana comes in it, it might already be here read it but you're gonna read it through your through your hands like uh, but read it and and let me know if you know you did suggest a good book to me though that i did go and pick up the batman 66 two-face
1: Yes, the uh, the unaired episode. Yeah,
0: so this is cool, Geekscape. If you're a fan of Batman the, six, the 1960s series, even if you're not, and even if you're not, you're right, because because I'm not somebody who swears by it either. No,
1: but it's it's coming back and it's culturally relevant again. And right. this is an incredible story. Not not just the script, but the story of the script,
0: which is so. that Harlan Ellison, renowned writer, et cetera, et cetera, had written a treatment for an, uh, an episode involving Two Face. And if you guys know the Batman '66 series. There was never a Two-Face in the original series, right? You had Joker and you had like Egghead and all this stuff. Like you had some amazing characters, uh, but you never had Two-Face, which is one of the most iconic Batman villains. And Harlan Ellison had pitched the producers of the TV show and then gone on to write a treatment for an episode with Two-Face, never produced, but now Disney or uh, DC, sorry, I got my D screwed up. Mm. DC had this treatment which I guess Harlan Ellison had published in a book. Yeah, I he he, that pu- that he it. published it on, uh, in a book on on screenwriting. Okay. Or yeah. uh, screen that, stories. That make,
1: I was like I don't think it's ever been DC published.
0: It hasn't been DC published, but Harlan Ellison put it in one of his books. Uh, you can read it in the, in the notes for where this story this came out. And it's a $10 comic, but it's worth getting because Len Wein, who created Wolverine and Swamp Thing, he wrote it out. And he wrote it in the voice of the show because it's very like, "Holy cow, Batman! It's really awesome." And then, who did the artwork? The it artwork. was Jose
1: Luis Garcia Lopez.
0: Now, how do we know him, and why? And how is that guy not the biggest name in comics? He
1: should be, and I'm shocked that nobody recognizes the name. He uh, he did all of the character one sheets and the turnarounds for all of DC Comics throughout the '80s. A wow. Decent chunk of the Marvel uh, books. So even still, to this day, the style guides that are printed not the character-specific ones so much anymore, but the overarching style guides, they're all his art, literally. So he defined,
0: like, the look of comics.
1: The the superpowers, toys that came out, and every piece of art that was associated with those that are now getting recycled through Hallmark and Pottery Barn and all the little kids' books.
0: Basically, if you've bought, like, a, a Batman... Piece of art, like a Batman card for somebody' birthday, yeah. like somebody's birthday. It's probably his. Artwork. Yeah, not even, not even just Batman. He did Superman too. Right. The the iconic image of Superman
1: turning to fly, yeah, like the three shot of him standing, turning, and then taking off. Sure. That was Jose Luis Garcia. Lopez.
0: And you think of him. I mean, it makes sense because it's the same era of classic, you know, kind of Denny O'Neil, then into George Perez style. Yeah comic book artwork and he's right in there and he's he's i mean would you say he's like the unnamed the hero like he's the absolutely
1: un- and I, the crazy thing is he's one of the first who really crossed over between marvel and dc uh-huh. he did the work for both of them and Perez he did, did a that, lot of neil the captain america style guy and art. adams
0: neil adams did mm-hmm. some of that stuff too but he, it, did it, similar, he did it similar right? i think the that the guy's better oh yeah this guy's awesome
1: his uh, to me jose luis garcia lopez was the the uh quintessential guy who was the turning point in modern art. Okay. Um you know, you go back to like silver age art and it's it's kind of cartoony, sure, kind of cheesy. Sure, sure. But you look at Jose Luis Garcia Lopez's stuff and it's the first blend of like okay, no, this is an anatomically correct not so cartoony superhero. It's, it's still not, you know, it's not
0: Jim Lee. It's not the polish. And I always attributed fine. that to like Neil Adams and Denny O'Neill and those guys in the 70s making a darker Batman. But you're telling me. All those guys were working off the style guide. Off of his style guide. The style guide like was distributed. Like everybody And all those who dudes did, like, like all the, like, so you're telling yeah, me
1: like the, like. Everybody who did any art for DC in the 80s and I think he even did the late 70s got handed the DC style guide. You can buy them on eBay. They're like 500 bucks for wow. a complete one. It's worth it. And he did some of that
0: stuff for Marvel, too. Yeah,
1: he did, He did. Uh, I think he did about a third of Marvel-style guide, if not, uh, see, with Marvel, I'm not as familiar. Oh, sure. I know he did a decent chunk of it. Wow. Uh, but I think he did about a third of the Marvel-style guide, and he did all of the DC-style guide. So like So he taught
0: us how what comics look like.
1: Yeah, when Lex put on the green kryptonite suit for the first time, yeah, that was his design.
0: That was his art. Why can't he design the new fifty two? Right? And he, he, he still listen. does this stuff too. He's
1: out there, he you goes. You think to... he would have
0: put you think he would have put all those pouches on the X Men? No. <laughs> Early nineties X-Men, the blue and gold, he wouldn't have done that stuff. That's ridiculous. Yeah. He I, wouldn't have put pouches on the X-Men. He wouldn't have done this... He wouldn't have done, this, uh, wouldn't this, have done all the this, pinstriping on the new 52. The new 52 with like the the, the collars and stuff. It's like crazy. Superman's Everybody a needs collar. a Mandarin collar. Why not? The necks cra- get cold. This guy wouldn't have done that. No. no I way. mean, no offense, Jim Lee, but like, come on now.
1: But it was awesome that he came out and he did all of the art for the lost episode of Batman 66. Yeah.
0: It's worth... Guys, it's worth the... the the $10 if you want a piece of history, because it not only includes the comic, it includes the penciled pages, so you can really appreciate this artwork, and also includes the treatment. So a little history on writing, too, because you get to read Harlan Ellison's original treatment that Lynn Ween then went and put into script. It's uh, pretty awesome. Yeah. We're for, seeing.
1: for 10 bucks, it's a, it's a very interesting look at not only how comics get made, but how television gets made, mm-hmm. and, and yeah. what the life and times were like back when that was going on. Because it's it's transplanted into modern times, but they they tried very hard to replicate the original. Like, well, this is the style of writing back then. And this right. This is the way stories are told. So,
0: have you um, been now? We, like the way TV's made. Have you been watching some of the DC TV? I've been keeping up with Gotham because
1: it's available for free on the Fox Now app.
0: Oh, I didn't know that. Yep. Uh, so everybody could be kept up with. Yeah, Gotham. if
1: you've got our my schedule's crazy and I don't have time to watch the primetime stuff. Right. Um, and I don't have Hulu, so I'm a spaz. I also and you don't, don't have, have Facebook K, uh, or uh, yeah, MySpace, yeah. and I don't have TV, and I don't have an HDR. But, uh, <laughs> you just
0: have your dogs and your rabbits and live in the cabin. <laughs> my shotgun. Yep. I, I live off the land with, but my, in my, with my Gotham.
1: In my <laughs> cabin, I have an Xbox 360, right. and there's an app, Fox Now. Okay. You don't have to sign up for it. You don't have to do anything. You just use it. You just download the app. And uh, you can watch all of Gotham for free, every episode, all the way back from episode one to that week's episode.
0: Um, so what's your take on Gotham? It's getting a lot better. Yeah, I think so, too.
1: Um, again, it's, it goes back to, like, the, the idea of Batman Eternal. You have to have legs to stand on. And yeah. Gotham started off by doing a lot of things that comic book fans are, are not a huge fan of. I mean, I was not a fan of the fact that there wasn't a robbery in this. It's just an assassination now. Um, right. I'm sorry if it's a spoiler, but it was just like a month. But and you a guys half ago, know, so. like
0: the like the Waynes were killed, and it was like, "Give me the pearls" and all this. Yeah, and, and that's like, how the pearls shooting, broke. and, yeah, and yeah, that they shoot the Iconic image Waynes. of the pearls snapping and dropping to the ground. And young Bruce, like that's like forever implanted in his mind. But now there's a in whole storyline. In this
1: story one, I think of, she got shot through the pearls, yeah. which is how they break and fall. And you're like, what?
0: But now it's like, who killed the Waynes is a storyline, and obviously, I think it works because it brings in uh, because it brings in Gordon. Yeah, and you have Gordon come in, and vet, you know, and his main thing is I'm going to find out who killed the Waynes. Yeah. But you're right, making it part of a conspiracy that Thomas Wayne was a part of um, between the different crime families does make it bigger than just crime in the city. Yeah, and for good and bad, I think.
1: It's well, it's something they've been working to develop too for for years and years and years. People came up, and this was never done in the comics. This was. I think this started at places like Comic-Con, and then they kind of started to fit it into comics. But they, um, for years and years, they, they said, like, Batman is the reason why these supervillains exist. You know, there weren't any supervillains until a guy started dressing up like a bat to fight sure. crime. And then the criminals decided that they should dress up and start doing this. But I think that was more of a fan thing than it was a comic thing, and then the comics reacted to that. Right. Now what they're saying is it's not Batman who causes the villains to show up it's the waynes the waynes represented something the waynes represented hope mm-hmm. and when the waynes died that hope died and things got so much worse and that's so why the show's
0: called gotham cuz it's not, yeah. not it's not even about the underbelly of the city or the police in the city it's about the entire personality of the city
1: and uh, to me, I've been a Batman fan for years and years and years. I can go on about all my favorite stories and talk about Batman Deathwish, a movie that I made,
0: and all the rest of the. Oh yeah, yeah, guys, go on YouTube and, and Google Batman Deathwish. That was a, that was not meant to be a plug. I'm sorry. No, no, it should it should be a plug too because I think it, it makes you an authority on this stuff. I think that shorts are awesome, and I think uh, they should all check it out. just That's what I think. Be lenient on the bat nipples. <laughs> no, the bat nipples are hot. That's why we put it. You made them
1: cool. We we wrote in a joke where uh, Nightwing doesn't have the nipples, and it was Nightwing standing between Batman and Robin, and he looks at Robin and he looks at Batman, and he says, "Guys, is it really cold in here, or what?" <laughs> um, but it didn't didn't get didn't no, get made. No but at any rate, um, I like when you're able to take an old story that everybody knows and and give it a new context or a new framing, and the comic books have been working at this for a while, where they've been trying to shift the the presentation of it's not batman who who made the villains it's it's the death of the waynes and what that represented mm-hmm. and so gotham is taking that to a new high where it's like no no it, it really it really was the waynes dying that started everything and everybody's like no the villains weren't around until batman was around yes but you always reframe stories and you look at things in different contexts so I think Gotham is doing a pretty good job at at presenting an old story in a new way. Right. And I really like the interactions between Gordon and Bruce. I know everybody's complaining, like, why is Bruce even in it?
0: No, I like the Bruce-Alfred stuff. Yeah, that's uh, great, the Bruce too. Al- the Bruce-Alfred stuff is the highlight of the series for me. And you got to. L- I don't know if you watched the one with Victor Zaz. I've watched all of them. Okay, so the, the one with where- I thought Zazz's treatment was awesome. yeah. But I, I
1: love the fact that Bruce was fighting Tommy Elliott. I thought that was a really mm-hmm. clever little nod to, like, this is part of why Tommy grows up and wants to just and destroy hush Bruce. Yeah. Because
0: Bruce's first punch is Tommy Elliott, you know, who, you know, is a friend. and You know what? In Batman Eternal, if you guys are reading the Batman Eternal storyline, I thought that the treatment of Batman, there was an Origin of Hush issue, like, mm-hmm. a few issues ago. And that was almost as good as the Jeff Loeb Hush treatment. Because Jeff Lowe, who created the character with his you know, Hush storyline with Jim Lee, what, a decade ago plus? More than that. Um, 15 years That was then. pretty awesome. But in just that one issue, I thought the origin of Hush issue of Batman Eternal was great. Because you do see Tommy's uh, kind of like, even as a kid, psychotic obsession with Bruce. Because he wants to be Bruce. Yeah. Uh, to the point where his parents are alive. So he fucks up the car... To cause his parents to die he kills his own parents so that he can be more like bruce and he's like you know because bruce is a loner and tommy wanted to be with bruce and bruce is like no my parents are dead i'm a loner i'm dark kind of like the amazing spider-man movies which is not how it should be (laughs) (laughs) it's not batman it's spider-man uh but but with bruce wayne it's like you know even growing up as a kid he's a loner and he's dark and tommy wanted a part of that so tommy rigged the car you know, br- like, took out the brake fluid or whatever he did. Uh, His own parents died. And now he's like, Bruce, we're, we're the same. It's really psychotic. And yeah. to see the, to- the Tommy Elliott character in uh, Gotham was cool. I think they're doing a cool treatment of it. Uh, some of the casting feels off to me.
1: Yeah, yeah. Fish Mooney is, uh, she's act- What One of the things that Jennifer loves to say is that Fish Mooney is getting direction from Joel Schumacher. And everybody right. else is not.
0: Um, I feel like Jada Pinkett Smith, who we're talking about, I think feel like her character's, um, works, uh, but is she the character who dies at the end of the season? Uh, there are a lot of, uh, there are a lot of crime bosses in yeah. the show. There are a lot of criminals in the show, and I know that you, everybody wants to see Zaz, and you want to see Harvey Dent, and you want to see the shout-outs to all the stuff that we know now as the comic book universe of, of Batman. In the Rogues and stuff like that, but this kid is like eleven or twelve yeah. in the show, and he's just now started training. And that stuff works. I like all that stuff in the show, but uh, the Rogues gallery that's there is good. And I think if you take away too many of the criminals, it's just it's going to feel e- even more dense than it already feels. I know that you've got to thin out the ranks. That's kind of what yeah. I wanted them to do with this with this season and start thinning out the ranks.
1: Yeah, and I think they're I think they're going to have to. It it is, I mean, that's the problem. It's it's almost like the Smallville's Freak of the Week thing where every week we've got some new person who's popping their head up and you can only have so many before it becomes like, well, you got to start killing people off or you got to have them leave. I was excited. I thought the Penguin was going to leave. And I thought we weren't going to see him until either the end of the season or not at all when he leaves Gotham. I thought that was going to be it for a while. Maybe
0: he comes back and he's born Penguin. But he's one of the highlights of the show. Yes, he
1: is. Yeah. I'm glad that he's still there. But continuity-wise, I was
0: kind of hoping that he wouldn't come back for a while. Right. Um, So one show that has started off and is doing the Freak of the Week, but I think it's working, is the Scarlet Speedster, The Flash. Yeah. Uh, Flash is my favorite show on TV. I've heard that from a lot of people. Flash is incredible. I'm caught up on Flash up until this week's Flash versus Arrow two-parter. Yep. Which yep. Um, I need to watch one more Arrow episode before I'm ready for that. I'm, I'm How are you one, watching uh, the Arrow episodes? Are I DVR everything. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You should come over. I live a few blocks from from Twin Galaxies, and you know, as long as your timetable fits with my wife and I's timetables, because here's the thing, Laura, who's not a superhero fan. She does read some comics, like I leave her *Walking Dead*, and uh, she loved *Westward Expansion* and stuff. Um, she's not a superhero fan, but *Flash* and *Arrow*, she is so down with. Um, and I, you know, I like Grant Gustin, yeah, the actor who's playing Flash. I think he is so talented, charismatic, great comedic timing. He just works. Uh, I also like uh, Stephen Amell, yep. from from *Arrow*. But I'm I'm a Grant Gustin boy, maybe because I'm more of a geek and scrawny twerp. Uh, But Laura's like, Arrow is hot as hell. Like, (laughs) Arrow's handsome, he's hot, he's more my type. And I'm like, then why are you dating the the Barry Allen guy? (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, why are you dating the Barry Allen guy if you like the Arrow dude? Uh, Both of those shows click, but for some reason Flash, the fun, the color of it, is just... I think it's a tight show. People have said it's, it's like the most true representation of comic books that's out there on the screen. They've but said it's still like, great television. Yeah, It's not like there are, okay, so you watch Gotham and you, you watch Constantine, which yeah. sadly Constantine, uh, NBC just stopped production at uh, 13 episodes. So season one, if you get a season two, season one is only going to be 13 episodes. Which is,
1: it's surprising to me and it's sad, but I am part of the problem on that one. Yeah. I've watched the pilot. Yeah, And I watched it online right? because, again, I, I don't have a yeah. way of watching this otherwise. So
0: I've been watching uh, them, and I've been watching them on TV, but I'm behind two episodes, which supposedly, if you're listening to this today, upon release of the show, uh, obviously before Friday after Thanksgiving where the new episodes come out, um, the last two episodes, which I have yet to watch, are supposedly amazing, one of them having John Corrigan in it, yeah. who becomes a Spectre.
1: Which I remember the casting notice for that, and I was stoked for it. I was like, holy shit. yeah. And one of the things that Constantine and Flash, uh, it's weird, Arrow does this, but they they don't address it the same way that Flash and Constantine do. Both Flash and Constantine, the the production team behind it, has said, we want to put as many things out there as possible. Right. And I think the specific quote was, we don't consider them Easter eggs. Because we want people to notice these things. Like in the Constantine pilot, when she picks up the Helmet of Fate, we want people to know that's Dr. Fate. And if you guys follow the show and like it, not only can Dr. Fate show up in the show, we can do that. Like Jim Corrigan. But we can make him into his own show if you guys want. Tell Mm -hmm. us what you want. DC is finally, at least their television side of things, is uh, finally starting to say, what do you guys want? You guys know it better than we do. We'll just do it. So I, I was really hopeful that Constantine was going to take off. And what I have seen of it, I love. Um, it's like Supernatural without the, the bromance mm-hmm. problems. Mm-hmm. So I liked it a lot. But again, I'm not watching it. I'm not. I'm one of the viewers who wants the show to succeed, but I'm not helping the show.
0: Well, the pilot's good. The next two episodes lull. Uh, like, I felt that they lulled the next two, which, which, which is sad for me because Rockneal Bannon, who created Farscape and hence gave us the name Geekscape. My favorite sci-fi show is a consulting producer and wrote the second episode, which I thought was okay. It was fun, but the third episode was a bit better. And then supposedly episodes four and five, which I have yet to watch, are awesome. The fifth one being the one that Jim Corrigan uh, is introduced in. And here's the thing with ratings. The ratings have gone up on those last two episodes. The ratings actually spiked a bit on those last two episodes. So that is why NBC has stopped production on season one, but they haven't canceled the show. So if you guys are listening to this and you wanna see Constantine go into season two, and I know when I posted, when when Eric Francisco posted the news on Geekscape and then we shared it on Facebook, a lot of you guys were like, oh no, boo, like NBC killing another show. But guys, as Matt says, don't be a part of the problem watch these shows especially now that the show is hitting its legs i guess i have yet to watch the episodes but i'm going to watch them probably this week for thanksgiving i'll think i'll be like oh thank thank goodness we have nine million comic book shows to watch and on top of nine million movies to watch it's a great time to be us um yeah, watch this, out. Watch this show. That's, I think that's, it's cool. I think it's interesting.
1: Honestly, there's, a, there's an old tradition that a friend of mine introduced me to, a very near and dear friend, Whitney Moore, actually, introduced mm-hmm. me to the tradition of you write thank you letters on Thanksgiving and you give the people you care about thank you letters.
0: You going to write them uh, to your show creators? You are going to write it to Rock New No,
1: I, I, I wrote one for my mom, mm-hmm. but uh, I definitely included Dear Mom. Thank you for having DVR, so I can catch up on the Flash and Constantine oh, because you're going and home this Gotham. Because I'm going back and I'm oh, just binge watch all of these. That's shows. like what I'm doing with comic books yep. right now. That's what I'm
0: doing <laughs> with my comics. Hey, uh, oh man, like the X Men books and Avengers books, I'm gonna have a long weekend uh i should be writing my scripts for my comics but instead i'm reading other people's comics but again i always tell myself stephen king said if you if you don't have time to read you don't have time to write like you really have to absorb kind of like replenish your image bank and your imagination and see what else is out there and learn from other writers if you don't have time to do that what are you doing writing i like to do a little bit of them a little bit of me maybe some Hyrule Warriors with my Amiibo that I picked up this past weekend, but we won't even get into Super Smash Brothers. If you guys want to learn more about Amiibos and video games is your thing, we just launched Geekscape Games, and it is my favorite podcast in the world. I love it. Sorry, Matt Kelly, St. Mort, I do love your uh, dulcet tones of, uh, I guess, uh, post-adolescent insanity (laughs) slash sadness, but Geekscape Games is just a lot of fun to listen to people geek out about video games in the same way Matt and I have been geeking out about comic books. Uh, I'm going to go back to finish a thought that I had uh, about five minutes ago on why The Flash not only has good comic books on TV, but it's actually really good TV. It doesn't contain a whole lot of filler scenes. Even the scenes you think are filler scenes, um, like scenes not involving The Flash or uh, maybe just involving you know, the detective character or this and that, are so well written and well acted out and are done from a, a veteran team that obviously was on Arrow for two years before they launched The Flash that it just all feels important. And the shout outs, the things that might come down the line like Gorilla Grodd, et cetera, et cetera, they all feel that weight of promise that Matt was saying regarding the Dr. Fate helmet in Constantine. But with Flash, you feel like they've really rolled the road out long enough to see that happen and maybe even see spin-offs of rumored things like the Booster Gold show and other CWDC offerings. Uh, I, I, I just think Flash, every moment of The Flash, is, uh, is something where you aren't going to be on your phone. Does it make sense to you when you watch TV? Sometimes yeah, you're on your phone is, or you're yeah. checking email or something like that. Uh, for me, The Flash is the show where it, it holds my attention, where I don't have to do any of that I, I got to watch the do show. that stuff.
1: I gotta watch the show.
0: She's D V She's D V Ring yeah, yeah, it for yeah, you right now. Yeah. Oh, you're gonna you're gonna die. Have you
1: watched any of it? No, I I haven't even seen the pilot of the Flash. I've not. I uh, okay. The, are you caught up on Arrow? Y- up through the end of season two, but no. Oh, of perfect, season perfect, three. perfect. I've not seen any of season three. So you're gonna
0: watch those back to back. Make sure you go in order on on air date. Okay. So you're gonna go yep. by, So you have to go by air date Always. because the shows do bat back and forth together, and when a, like let's say for instance a character leaves. An episode of Arrow and is in like what is it Coast City or whatever right then you're gonna see that episode where they're in okay. the Flash the Flash and Arrow work concurrently with each other cool so like characters that aren't in one because they're in the other that happens so you have to watch it by air date okay it's Awesome. Has Diggle
1: gone and kicked Fl- uh, Barry's ass, Flash's ass? We
0: can't be talking about this stuff. Okay. If you haven't watched the episode. I like Diggle. Diggle's awesome. I on love song. Diggle. Diggle's Guys, amazing. Arrow, Flash are awesome shows. Constantine has a chance to be an awesome show. We've got to give it that chance. And Gotham is hitting its own unique stride. It is nothing like the other three. No. I, I, well, actually, th- I think Co- Constantine and Gotham don't feel like anything like the CW, but they all feel different, and I want all of them to live. Yeah. That's that's why I'm
1: so into the, the Gotham one, honestly, is because I knew Flash and Arrow were going to be a, an investment. Yeah. Whereas Gotham, it's standalone. You can yeah. follow just that one story. And it's by all the writers from Rome, mm-hmm. which was an incredible series. I'm like, okay, I, I, I like this. I'm, I'm on board.
0: Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? Don't watch it. You're not a Marvel guy. I, I didn't like it. I watched the first two or three episodes. I was like, this is Of awful. season one, right? Yeah. I think a lot of people did that. Yeah. And then it, you really had to push yourself... To where Bill Paxton's character joins about two-thirds of the way through season Oof. one, which is a huge investment. Ah. And that is a lot to ask of an audience. But now it is clicking. You said yeah. there is like uh, you guys who saw Guardians of the Galaxy, you loved Ronan the Accuser, he is a Cree. We now have a Cree in Agents of Shield. We have Cree storyline going on in Agents of Shield, and you're like, holy shit. Agents of Shield, which is like the small boots on the ground non-superpowered division of the Marvel Cinematic Universe is now dealing with one of the most galactic aspects of the Marvel Universe, tying... It's like the single tie to Earth that we've seen since Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy, if it like never comes back to Earth, it would make sense. But here, we have the tie to Earth. Right here, in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. It's, I, I'm loving it, and there's rumors that, like... Uh, you know, anybody who's had the Kree blood, which is why... The injection of Cree blood is what brought Coulson back after he was killed in the Avengers. Okay. So the Cree blood helped him like, you know, in some experimentation helped bring him back. But he started to get these visions and he started drawing these weird designs on the wall and he became obsessed and other people, other agents who'd been killed and brought back with Kree blood started becoming homicidal homicidal and like unbalanced. So they had to hunt those guys down. In doing so in that storyline, they realized the designs that they're drawing aren't two dimensional designs on the wall. Their blueprints, so they actually have to be flipped down and in elevated into a three dimensional city. And shield. right now, S.H.I.E.L.D., what's left of it after Captain America 2, right. and Hydra are racing to find this city. And we think uh, the big rumor on the internet is that it's a the home of the Inhumans, which is the last film in phase three of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, right. phase three. And people are losing their shit. <laughs> Could you imagine, like, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., the show that you gave up on, like, three, three, four, and I'm not blaming you for giving up on it. A lot of people gave up on it. It now has ties to a lot of different interesting aspects of the Marvel Universe. Yeah. Not the Cap, Thor, Iron Man stuff, but the Inhumans. Yeah. Gardens of Galaxy stuff that, like, is really, like, diverse and out there. It would, be, it would be a really cool plan if Marvel can pull it off to have
1: Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. kind of actively and retroactively spawn the their fourth phase right where it's hey black panther guess what and in humans it was all there yeah you, yeah oh when you look back DVD you realize sales. yeah
0: i think they've mentioned wakanda in in agents of shield okay um you know what i think they have mentioned it, wakanda in agents of shield but it, i mean because it comes out so regularly because it's a tv show and it has a much more aggressive ske- release schedule than movies obviously they're able to pepper it so much yeah so much more and i think right out of the starting gate a lot of people were uh, unsatisfied that that wasn't happening a lot and we were like why are we watching these a-holes yeah like why, why are we me. watching these normal yeah. a-holes like running around now all those a-holes are pretty awesome and they, they're they kind of growing into their own and the show is satisfying i do not suggest it for your thanksgiving weekend no your thanksgiving weekend is all dc all the time <laughs> as, a, as a dc fanboy. i i got and enough you've, shows got, you've got some busy. great stuff to watch i'm excited for your thanksgiving yeah um but maybe one day down the line, if you ever appreciate the Marvel movies a little more and need just a background, I'm not saying watch all of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but perhaps we could make Matt a best of list, a recommended hit list of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. episodes. It's like, okay, we're going to cut out the episodes you don't need to see, um, which is tough because there are moments in each episode that do lend itself to this you know, continuous storyline. But we should give them a hit list of like what are the top five Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. episodes that you need to watch to see all the behind the scenes stuff going on. That weaves into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. That'd be interesting.
1: Yeah, I, I, one of that, that or, or, or that or, or
0: read the Wikipedia. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't know how to read. Right. Well, what I, what I was saying earlier too is it's great to have communities who are who yeah. are backing this. And if the Geeksave community gets together and puts together a hit list of uh, what I should be checking out for Agents of Shield, I will absolutely check it yeah, out. Yeah, like what
0: what what episodes? What five or six episodes would you watch, just to know what is going on? So when you see like supposedly B J Britt's character. Uh, who almost died in an episode uh bj Britt's character um he's the 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 black agent who was added with bill paxton last season uh and he supposedly has a little cameo scene in in age of ultron so when you see age of ultron you're like what the hell's going on there and there was another right around captain america 2 there was a scene with one of the agents uh do you see captain america 2 yeah remember the agent who like went hail hydrash first to carry shaling he was in a couple episodes of Agents of yeah. Shield, and he's like, "Oh, I got to take care of something on the boat, on this boat at sea." And it was the boat at sea at the beginning right. of Captain America that Scarlet Witch—that's cool—or not Scarlet Witch, uh, Black Widow and Cap had to jump on, and so yeah. he had to deal with that. Um, so there is some back and forths. I know, as a DC fanboy, you'd love to see that with the cinematic yeah, universe. Yeah, I would. I, I uh, want that. I I still. Am. Are you upset that they cast a different Flash? I am. Especially why I haven't dude. even watched The Flash. Oh, And I'm he's like, so oh, good. come on. Why, why, why would you do that? Yep. If I was in high school, there would be a Grant Gustin poster in my locker. <laughs> and I would get my ass beat repeatedly for it. I would be called queer every day and get beat up. But Grant Gustin is that good. There may be a Grant Gustin poster in my room right now. I don't, know, <laughs> I don't know. how if good guys, he is, is, the
1: Flash. I don't know if you guys ever do giveaways or anything like that. We do. But we do. Uh, if you want to give some stuff away, not that long ago, I found a short box full of back to school Superman sets, and it's it's two comics, it's a locker sized Superman poster, it's a little Superman notepad and a
0: Superman pencil. Oh, I'll mail that to a giveaway. And I was I was
1: in it for the for the pencil and for the the notepad because I was like, man, around here just you write the notes all the time. I'm you know I still haven't come sure, to sure, sure. The analog. Sure, but I picked up like 20 or 30 of these.
0: Whoa! So if you want to give some away, I've got I a whole stack of I would love to give so. some away on Geekscape. Um, Geekscape is, if you're looking for, first off, if you're a video game player, I'm about to tell you a bunch of stuff about video games uh, that we're giving away. But you're probably not going to hear it if you're a video game guy because we just re- talked a bunch <laughs> of comics and you're like, F this, I'm listening to Geekscape games. That being said, if you are listening to this, you love the comics, and if you're a Steam player... Kenny Craig, who's my co-host, you guys know him as Crippled Kenny, on the podcast each week is starting a new Twitch stream, and in doing so, he's going to be playing through uh, Tales of the Borderlands, the new Telltale games. So he's going to be playing through it live this week. Uh, I think the cut down or the full stream is going to be on our YouTube page, Geekscape uh, YouTube slash Geekscape TV. That being said, he's giving away a bunch of Steam codes during his uh, his playthrough. So if you're listening to this and you love watching video games on on Twitch, Follow Crippled Kenny on Twitch, and he's just gonna be giving out Steam codes. And there's some things you have to do to get them. But hey, you should be following Crippled Kenny on Twitter anyway and learning how to do this. Uh, Matt, you're on Twitter. I am not. You're not. You're not on Twitter. You're not on Facebook. You're not on email. <laughs> email. You're yeah, on email. No. But like, what's the best way to follow you and like, like, keep up with that stuff? I guess. I guess. TwinGalaxiesLive.com. TwinGalaxiesLive.com. We have to be sitting in our seats. Show. We have to be sitting on our seats watching the comic show Wednesdays from nine to eleven. Wednesdays, Pacific Standard Time, live.com we, we uh, also have a Facebook. Twin guys. I don't. We, no, oh, no, yes. We, the, yeah, the comic book show, show has a Facebook. I tried to post on there this week. The comic book show has a Facebook. Did it hurt you to post on Facebook knowing I was, that you don't have one?
1: Yeah, I tried to put photos up and it took me a long time to figure out how. Mm. But I put up the uh, the awesome artwork for the sequels. So I put up the uh, the Rocketeer Two Rise yeah. of the Red Skies and I put up the, I think
0: Shannon O'Hare, our our host of the comic book, of the Geekscape games, ordered that print. Yeah. I shared I shared a couple of those. Rocketeer. I was Like this is awesome. So you, uh, you might, do you think you might get a Facebook account no. in the future? No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, I, mean,
1: I don't want to push you. But uh, we have BatmanDeathWish.com as well. Mm. Uh, we made a dramatic viral video. We got, I think, 1.6 million hits Jesus. on it so far. Yeah. Jeez. Um, we used the bat nipples. It's Joel Schumacher theme. But if you got 11 minutes of time to kill and you want to you wanna watch something fun.
0: Batman but. Death Wish. You guys watch this short. Go to YouTube. You've already subscribed to Geekscape TV on YouTube. Or else you... i I don't like you anymore uh you know what if you made it through 55 minutes or 65 minutes of listening to comic book talk i love you uh but go look at batman Deathwish on youtube and tell me you don't love the bat nipples uh obviously we're geekscape we're on facebook geekscape uh dot net d-o-t-n-e-t we're on youtube uh as geekscape tv we're on uh, SoundCloud as Geekscape, guys. Subscribe to the SoundCloud if you want to listen to more of these episodes, or leave us a comment on SoundCloud, Stitcher, uh, iTunes. Leave us a review. I know we've been around for nine years, but it's never too late to review your favorite geek podcast. Uh, that'd be awesome if you guys leave reviews, um, and um, obviously follow us on. Uh, I'm at Jonathan Lennon on Twitter. There's at uh, Geekscape dot d o t n e t, Geekscape on Twitter, and we're at the geekscape.net website. So there's a lot of ways to be involved. As Matt said, community is everything, and you guys are a part of it, and you guys are in it to win it if you've been listening to 65 Minutes of Comic Book Talk. <laughs> I've been wanting to do this for a while. Yeah, man, this has been awesome. Been it's it's to great to just sit back and with you yeah, chat. I've learned a lot in this last hour plus. I hope you guys have too. We're going to be back in the T-Radio V studios next week. We're live, 7 to uh, 8 p.m., Pacific Standard Time, tradiov.com, and obviously SoundCloud, Stitcher, and uh, iTunes for you subscribers. I love you guys, and we will see you guys after the American holiday. Yeah, happy Thanksgiving, guys. Happy Thanksgiving.